This episode is sponsored by Splendor in the Grass. You're listening to The Plug with Neil Griffith. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Plug Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Always appreciate you taking the time to sit down with me or stand or on the... I don't know what you're doing with your life, but you're listening. That's the main thing. Thanks for stopping by. Before we get into this week's episode, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, follow and rate the podcast wherever you're listening to this episode from. And be sure to follow us on socials, on Instagram, TikTok, threads, YouTube, at theplug.podcast to stay up to date with everything happening in the plug world. On to this week's episode. We're jumping back into the music world and we're going global. My guest this week is UK singer-songwriter Birdie. After first blowing up way back in 2011 at just 14 years of age with a cover of Boniverse Skinny Love, which hit charts all around the world, Birdie is back with her fifth studio album, Portraits, set for release on August 18th. On this episode, Birdie joins me from London to talk about the new album, which she describes as her most confident to date and why it's like nothing she's made before. We also take a trip back in time to discuss Birdie's experience with fame and success at such a young age with the Skinny Love cover, which saw her pick up Grammy and Brit Award nominations and three back-to-back shows at the iconic Sydney Opera House. I'm so excited for everyone to hear Birdie's new album, Portraits. But in the meantime, you can listen to my chat with her right now. Here's my conversation with Birdie on the plug podcast all right welcoming to the plug podcast i am stoked to be joined on the show by birdie birdie thanks for coming on thank you so much for having me it's lovely to talk to you look it's always the way it is on a a zoom call we met all of 25 seconds ago so we're meeting in real time it is great to meet you i'm a big fan of your music and i'm wrapped to be to be talking about this new album portraits Mm-hmm. which is out in a couple of weeks. First of all, I imagine you're in the UK right now? Yes, I'm in London right now in my flat. Right. How How is the, the press hustle going? I know it's not always the most fun thing in the world, but I imagine, <laughs> what, four weeks out, you're, you're kind of in the final stretch now. We get it. Well, actually, we're getting into it with the press stuff, but which is uh, today has been had a few today, which have been good, actually. I was yeah. out there speaking to New Zealand this morning, which was nice. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And um, but it's been I've been kind of busy. I've been doing um these little record store shows, mm-hmm. which is just me by myself, and I've been learning to use um a loop pedal. Oh, which cool! I've never done before, so it's been kind of interesting, but and absolutely terrifying. I mean, tell me, you're practicing the loop pedal before the shows. You're not just winging it at the just show. About I kind of oh, like. Really? I, I, my friend Barney, who used to play cello in my band, he's like a master at using it, and um, so he's been giving me lessons and then like coming to my flat and, but literally it was kind of the week before, and um, it's it's a lot to get your head around because you're just like you start thinking in loops and like you have to bring stuff in and out, like seamlessly, and then obviously I'm not used to using my foot, my left foot at the same time as doing the piano pedal and so it's just yeah. It's, it's wild to think that like Ed Sheeran does that repeatedly in front of like 85,000 people. <laughs> That's another level because, I mean, he's obviously so practiced at doing it, but he is bringing in like whole sections, like choruses and like mm. saving them for later in the song. I don't know. I'm not at that level yet. <laughs> what was the, um, 
the why, why did you want to try that now? I mean, I imagine portraits has been in the bag for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Is there is this something you just start experimenting with post portraits? Yeah, I just I'd never really thought about doing it, um, but because these songs have such a big sounding production, mm. I mean they do work actually as ballads, which I was surprised and like kind of happy to find out. Um, but I just wanted something like a bit more interesting that could kind of hint a little bit at the soundscape of the record when yeah. I'm just doing these gigs by myself. Yeah. Congratulations on this album. Um, we're yeah. actually recording this probably, what, four or five weeks out from the, the release. I've been lucky enough to listen to it a few times now. Um, I got no other words other than congratulations. This is a, a, a really <laughs> incredible effort by you. Again, we're we're in this final stretch now. How are you feeling? Like, how long ago was this album officially done? No more work on it, no more mixing. I actually can't remember. It's been such a blur now. I do know that uh, I finished it in a year, which was really yeah. good going for me because the previous record took five years. Sure. Um, it was a really pain, painful, long process. And um, so I was like, I was so happy to get this one finished. Um I mean, we were still, I think we were still working on bits at the beginning of the year, but, um, but yeah, otherwise it's been pretty fast. I saw a lot of the press releases for this album coming out. And one of the word that keeps being used is this is your most confident album. Obviously this being record number five. Um, mm. What do you mean specifically by that word and why is it the most confident record? I think like, I mean, it's very like, it's quite commanding, I guess, sonically. It's like, um, I mean, there's a lot of up-tempo songs, which is not something I've ventured into before really at all. Um, but I guess like I, I wanted it to feel, probably from coming out of the last record and it being a, a kind of folk album and it was about heartbreak and mm-hmm. I had a lot of writer's block on that album and um just the whole thing was just kind of exhausting for me, even though I love the record and the result. But um, I think it came from that and just like wanting to break through that kind of lull. And um, and also lockdown, we were, it was like, uh, I wasn't able to tour the last record. So I wanted yeah. to make something that was for stage and for live that people and me could move to a little bit. And, um, and so it's really a result of that and, um, and I guess just being a bit older, I, um, I feel more confident in myself and kind of, and it also, I think just getting that record out the way, like um, something that was so personal like that and doing it um, how I wanted to do it. I think that gave me the freedom to experiment with this record mm. and to feel like I'd done what I needed to do there and, and I could kind of explore on this one. Yeah. I mean, again, you mentioned earlier Young Hearts, is a COVID album. You're kind of part mm-hmm. of history there. But you didn't say earlier that this album was done in a year, but there is a lot of experimentation. Mm-hmm. How did you manage to to do so much experimenting in such a little amount of time? Was it did this kind of start back in the pandemic? And please let's not talk about the pandemic so much. Yeah. But is that where it kind of started? Because as you said, you couldn't really go out and tour Young Hearts. Yeah. Um, I think little bits of it started. It was more like um, I was more visually inspired, actually, at the beginning of this record. And I was looking at um, uh, PJ Harvey 
and um, also Porter's Head. And then I just like had made lots of mood boards and like with just strange imagery and like kind of avant-garde images and um, the whole, just the whole feeling of it started to become very brooding and grungy. Mm. And then, and then I was just inspired by that kind of 80s synth pop era and um, listening to Kate Bush and David Bowie and Prince was an early influence as well. Just like the drama and the passion of that. Mm. I've had a couple of artists on, on the podcast, kind of what came out of the pandemic. And a lot of that was nostalgia. Like I know mm-hmm. a lot of artists were working with like punk pop sounds. They were listening to a lot of like early to mid emo music and you just mentioned there like 80s music synth pop like personally i was like listening to the cure on repeat for whatever reason kate bush is running up the hill went back to number one because of stranger things was that the genre for you like during lockdown like that's kind of what you saw yourself gravitating back towards i guess so i think i feel like there was a lot of 80s people were kind of making even before um running up that hill went back into the charts I Mm. feel like it it had kind of come back a bit there was a lot of music that had kind of 80s influence I felt like in the chart already Mm. um so I was probably just also influenced by that wave um but I mean it's actually music that I just grew up listening to and yeah maybe from being at home was probably listening to my dad (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that was probably what it was. It was probably him just like feeding me music, which mm. he's always done. When I was listening to this album and going back through your catalogue, it is pretty wild to think this is album number five, given like you've had a lot of experience, but you still are young. I didn't even realise till I went and looked back at it that the Skinny Love cover came out in 2011. I yeah. didn't think it was that long ago. I know, it's, it's really crazy. To think. Just a side note as well, asking as an Australian. Now that song obviously blew up all over the world. Do you know why in Australia it blew up so much? I remember that was on the charts for like months on end and it was like, I think, seven times platinum. Uh, I I can't remember if it was... I feel like, was it... I felt like it was People Help the People, which actually allowed me to come over and tour a yeah. lot. I can't remember how it started. I, I, I'm, I'm just speaking... I'm obviously very biased, but I feel like it in Australia it was bigger than it was anywhere else in the world. And I'm just like, I wonder why that was. Because it was everywhere. I remember like it was in commercials, it was in movies, it was in TV shows. And again, it was like charting for months. It was like the Mr. Brightside of the UK charts. It just wouldn't <laughs> so leave strange. ever. I know. It was really strange because, yeah, pretty much just on that record, I spent so much time in Australia and we did. We toured. I remember we did like three nights at the Sydney Opera House. Sure, small. I was like sixteen. <laughs> yeah, you were you were sixteen, right? When you when I you was, did those shows. I was fourteen when Skinny Love came out. Yeah, and, yeah, fifteen, sixteen when I was touring the first record, and um, and I don't. It's awful because I did those three nights at the Sydney Opera House, and I don't really remember because it was just so overwhelming. Yeah, like that's that's a venue where like people don't play it till. I, I think that was one of Prince's last. He like he died not long after his Australian tour, and he mm-hmm. was lucky enough to play the Opera House before he passed. Mm-hmm. You played three shows there when you were so how old? Fifteen? Fifteen or sixteen? I can't remember now. But yeah, that's insane to me. 
it, yeah and I it's I'm kind of sad in a way obviously lucky to have had that experience mm. but I I almost everything was happening so fast and so like just yeah I don't know it just happened without me kind of pushing for it which just sounds um, yeah you know it was just like um a stroke of luck that that it took off the song and but it wasn't like I'd been kind of driving it and like pushing for it which um so I felt like it was just all happening to me and I and I couldn't take it in that well Um, yeah whereas now I'm like you know I'm consciously making music because I want people to hear it and and um it would kind of be a different thing now but Mm. it's really strange looking back just like to do a, like a little this is your life moment when you look back at say that 2011 2014 period where you know you've you've got your debut album in 2011 I think Fire Within was 2013 you're being nominated for all these awards your songs are charting everywhere again you're playing iconic venues like the Sydney Opera House do you think at the time you were prepared for that like let's just say what where was your mind at when you released the Skinny Skinny Love cover were you like oh this will be fun did you have any inkling like oh this might like it might be like a, a mild big deal um no not at all I literally just um the guy who'd found me um my A&R at the time who'd found me on YouTube um he'd suggested this song to me and I and I love Bonnie Bear and I and so I just did the cover but I just you know I had no idea I'd never even done a cover before because I've I've always written my own songs since I was tiny or just had been, you know, learning to play piano for my mum. And um, so it was like my first (laughs) cover even. And it was crazy. It was just, it was sent to Radio 1 in the UK and Fan Cotton played it on the radio and that was kind of it. It just like, Mm. I just remember it on YouTube every day, just watching the views just going up and up and up Mm. and not really knowing what that meant or, you know, what was about to happen were you like confident could you comprehend it did you care and again that's not to say like because you, you weren't phased about your success but you're right you are 14 when I was 14 I just started work at KFC yeah life was simple for me but with, <laughs> with what you're experiencing and again going back to those opera house shows like you said you don't really have a memory of that is that just because you were young and kind of just enjoying the moment were you overwhelmed I think I was really, I was really enjoying it. I was very excited, um, but also it was really scary. Like, I, I mean, I, I think I didn't say, I didn't say one word in those shows, those three shows. Right. <laughs> I literally just played, and that was it. Because, I mean, I mean, only now am I just getting uh, starting to feel confident speaking on stage, because I never had that kind of graft or like you know, playing in pubs or like. learning your craft and learning how to speak to people so it was literally just straight out on these big stages which is obviously incredible but Mm. um but I think some parts of it were overwhelming but um I was obviously you know my parents one of them came to every single thing I did and flew around the world with me so um I don't know it was it was kind of strange I was doing big things but it wasn't too much um it was always kind of um quite strategic so that I wasn't overwhelmed with stuff and it's probably a blessing and a curse as well right like like you said you didn't get to graft and and grind and hone your craft but those artists that probably were playing those smaller gigs and and even for something simple as busking 
you're you're playing these massive venues you have all this attention on you and i imagine what a decade later you've kind of been able to process that properly yeah yeah it's kind of only now looking back i'm just like whoa that's crazy that i was doing those venues i mean i had nothing to kind of compare it to at the time so it was just like well yeah this is what it's always like maybe (laughs) yeah but even like on a a songwriting level like I, i saw you recently said as well with portraits like in your last few records you felt like the kid in the room you're working with these older people these big name songwriters like ryan tedder or tom comerford from rage against the machine what was that experience like like was it positive in the sense that it helped you as a songwriter or do you feel you're now finding your feet more because you have that autonomy you're not having to you know be the speak up i guess for lack of a better term i think i've always been like quite quietly confident in what i like Mm. what i don't like um I mean, some of those early sessions, I would I would be too shy to say how I felt. Um, so that took a little bit of time to realize. You no, know, like if you don't like it, you've just got to say. And um, uh, and now I'm yeah at a place where I just feel completely comfortable, and also just like sharing experiences with people who are the same age. It's really nice because that's mm-hmm. not something I had back then. You know, it was like. It was very strange because I obviously had such a different experience to who I was writing with. Um, and and also just like finding the people that you really like to work with has taken a while. And like this record was a very select group of people who um, who just really understood what I was trying to achieve. And um, it kind of gets hard when you're writing with hundreds of people to stay on track and to make something cohesive. Do you think you prefer having this small group of um, collaborators you work with now? Like, would you still be open to working with, you know, big name writers or producers, or do you very much prefer doing what you've done, I guess, on this last album? No, I'd definitely be open to to working with different people for sure. Um, I just think like when you work with too many people on a, on a particular project, it gets a bit messy. I feel like sure. it's, it's hard to, to understand the vision like everyone you know it just gets a bit confused um but no for sure i i, I love meeting new people and working with new people so. it's back and it's the most wonderful time of the year no i'm not talking about christmas old saint nick wishes he could give you a gift like this i am talking about the return of splendor in the grass splendor in the grass music and arts festival is back and returns at north byron parklands on the 21st 22nd and 23rd of July. Armed with another stacked lineup including Lizzo, Flume, Mumford and Sons, Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Hilltop Hoods, Jay Balvin, Sam Fender, Idols, and so many more, this is a festival you do not want to miss. You can get your tickets right now at SplendorInTheGrass.com. I'll see you at Splendor in the Grass 2023. I love as well you said about this album, like every album you feel like you're saying like, this is the, the best representation of me as an artist. This is who I am. And then the next album you say, oh no, this is, <laughs> this is it. But going back to what you said earlier about the, the confidence and the experimentation, if, if, you don't want to say defining because nothing's definitive, but like five albums in, is this the best representation of you as an artist right now? Is there more, like, are you have you tapped into something with portraits that you want to explore on a follow-up album? I don't know yet. <laughs> I think it's um 
I've definitely like didn't think that this kind of world could exist for me um you know two years ago I wouldn't have thought there'd be no way I would make something like this because I was in this kind of folk very intimate um phase and uh it's yeah it's exciting to to have opened the door to to doing something that's up tempo and that still feels authentic and like I feel comfortable doing and also like I think since I've never worked with synths really before so that's like I mean there's you know you could go on and on forever playing with a synth and like I'm sure there's more to discover there um I'd like to do something that's even more kind of in between the two worlds of like something that's very raw and um and something that's electronic which I was kind of trying to do on the other record but I felt like it almost got a bit um more dramatic than I'd imagined um so maybe there's an in-between still somewhere do you know how this will work with the live shows I know obviously you've mentioned you've done a couple of shows with the loop pedal but like on the on the biggest stage shows, are you going to drastically change things up? Like, will there be dancers and backup dancers and fireworks, or is it still going to be a birdie show just with more upbeat sounds? I guess. I'd like there to be some dancing. I don't know if that's <laughs> going to come from me or like I've kind of been thinking about maybe having some kind of circus element. Um, I like that. Sure. Like for Rain Catches, the first single when that came yeah. out, really. I really wanted the, the video to be me doing trapeze. <laughs> Can you do trapeze? No, I can't. Oh, fine, learn. Learn. You've got but a while. I like, yeah, I want to learn. Um, <laughs> or maybe get someone else to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if someone else does it and you're still performing, it's fine. It still works. <laughs> still, yeah. I don't know. I think something like that could be cool. Just um, I'm trying to work it out. I'm trying to work out if I can pull off dancing or not at the moment. I've like we just did a video for Paradise Calling where I'm moving a little bit. Um but it's really it's really strange for me. I'm kind of scared for it to come out because I'm I've never seen myself doing that before. Yeah, but you um, never saw yourself doing this kind of music too, right? Yeah, exactly. So it, it, I I I'd love to explore it more and I really enjoy it. Like um I feel like the passion's there, just not the talent. <laughs> <laughs> just sure we can hire people. <laughs> Yeah. Surely we know a few choreographers. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 I mean, the exciting thing about portraits compared to Young Hearts, obviously, is that you're going to be able to tour this and, and you know, showcase it to the world. Do you have big plans in place already? Or is it going to just be, a, I suppose, a UK tour and potential overseas TBC? Well, we just did a, a European tour. So. Yeah which but that was kind of young heart and a mix of we did a few new ones sure but um so we're, we're trying to kind of plan i think uh hopefully there's some plans um to come to america which would be really really nice i haven't i mean i came to finish some stuff for portraits in nashville oh. um but I, I haven't toured for a long time in the states so that that would be really nice um but yeah, I don't know. I think we're we're planning to just do a lot of touring in the next year. So, when um, was the last time you did like a a genuine hard out six month tour or more? Like, was it pre COVID? I've never done one. The longest I've toured is like two months. Um, right. All in one go, which was in the states, and it was when we were 
I supported Christina Perry right um, when I was 17 and that was I loved doing a support tour so much it was like it was so nice like not having the pressure of it being yeah. and just like it was just me and and um two band members and we just had so much fun and then like you're finished so early and you just go and explore where yeah. you are you actually get to kind of see where you've been which is nice as opposed to being like locked in the green room until showtime yeah normally it's just yeah. <laughs> You don't see anything. Do you have like, I was going to say summer, but Australia's end of year summer. Do you have festival slots locked in towards the back end of the year or is it just going to be album out, headline shows? I think shows. I mean, I uh, I hope to do festivals, but we haven't, I don't think there's anything lined up yet. But um, I mean, yeah, I've been missing doing them because it's that is like my favourite thing actually in the summer, just getting to do festivals and I kind of love the um, challenge of festivals of like feeling like people could walk away any minute and yeah. trying to hold their attention. is like, I really enjoy that. So uh, yeah, hopefully next year we'll be doing stuff. Um, yeah. But I didn't go to any this year. I didn't even, I didn't even go to any. Well, you've got an album to worry about to be fair. I know. Yeah. I've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the other cool thing as well, and it's, I guess it can be bittersweet is that when you have an album that's released during the pandemic and now you've got a new one with this upcoming run of shows, wherever that may take you, do you want to showcase the Young Hearts music a little bit? Because as you mentioned, that was that was a, probably more folky, but that was a brilliant album as well. Like if you can take anything away from that album, Elton John was a fan. If yeah. nothing else, Elton John loved the album. Yeah. Like that's that's a win. That was really mad. Um yeah, uh, I would love to. It's just hard because there's such different records and to like sure. kind of jump between the two because you have to rehearse obviously for for one thing and then it's just so acoustic, that record. And like, I just, I'd love to do something where it's just strings. Yeah. And I just tour with, you know, I mean, it's hard to tour with the whole string section. <laughs> it's very expensive. Um, but I think that's where it would like really come to life and maybe I don't know maybe in the future I can come back to that and do like just something really special with that record um but yeah I think it will be I think it will be mostly portraits um and a few of the old songs that you know the favorites do you think what we're talking about with the the experimentation and the fact that you know you kind of locked this down in a year Mm. are you sitting on more music like is there more up your sleeve or did you kind of get all the experimentation out mm. let's get portraits out then see what's what or have you kind of you you mentioned earlier you've kind of you want to go somewhere in between have you started playing with that um not yet there's like I mean there's always songs floating around that haven't been finished or like and and there's loads of songs that didn't make this record which I'm kind of wondering if they should be like a a little group <laughs> that should come out, um, mm-hmm. like a little sister record or something. I don't know. Um, because I feel like you make things and they're just from that time and then it's really hard to make them part of something else later on. So maybe, maybe they belong together. But um, I haven't really started writing for anything new yet, so... I'm, I'm kind of waiting for that inspiration to hit me 
well, look, let's just get the album out, get your trapeze lessons in, and then maybe maybe early 2024 we'll reassess. Yeah. Oh, my God. It seems, actually, no, that's not a long way at all. But, yeah. Well, look, I mean, it was a year. I I guess two years between Young Hearts and um, Portraits by the time this album comes out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a kind of. Two two to three years between albums, that's fine. I don't know. Sometimes I say to people, like, I'm so happy it only took me a year to make this record. And they're like, a year. Like <laughs> they like think that's such a long time. And I'm like, really? Do you do you like that that mode of working? Like a hard year of, of writing and recording, get an album out, or was this pure coincidence? Like the general, you know, your your general artist would be like what, two to three years, maybe even four between albums. Do you like the hard year of work, get it out, go again? Uh for this one, I did. I was like, mm. we had a deadline. And I was like, if we don't finish the album by this point, we won't be able to tour, you know, because we, because of um, the pandemic, we had to postpone the Young Heart tour. And awesome. so it lined up for the year after. And so I was like, if I don't finish the record before that, then I won't be able to play any of the new songs on that tour. Mm. Um, so that was actually really good because I had something to work towards. And um and a clear deadline, which I really, yeah. I've like, I've always been one of those people that like leaves their homework till literally the night before, or like, so I, I, I need a deadline as I just don't do stuff. Yeah. Do, do you think if it wasn't for the pandemic, like, let's just pretend the pandemic didn't happen. I imagine you would have toured Young Hearts, and mm-hmm. then I imagine taking some time off to yourself. But because yeah. you couldn't tour. And you were stuck inside like the rest of us. Is that what inspired you to say, fuck it, let's let's start trying something different. Let's experiment a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. I, I think like it gets to a certain point where you just, um, as an artist, you just get inspired by a new feeling or a new, you know, and that started to happen. And I was like, well, I'm not just going to like suppress that because I haven't done this. Um, so I just, yeah, we just started working on it. And um I mean, we had like the tour lined up. There was like kind of nothing, you know, we had all this time in between because we had to wait a year. So I was like, I might as well like start a new record. And, um, but I was sad. I was kind of sad to let, because I knew like by the time we got around to the tour, it wouldn't just be the Young Heart tour anymore. It was going to be a mixture. And and so I was upset to kind of let go of that and just be like, I'll have to come back to it at some point. But um but no, it, it's been, I'm glad that I did that because um, I think you just have to keep moving forward, you know. I've had so many artists on the podcast who kind of had that constant struggle during the pandemic of, we've got this album, do we just release it now and just send it out to the world or do we sit on it and wait for whenever this thing ends? Because no one knew at the time. So it's, do we wait a month? Do we wait a year? And more more artists than not, at least in my conversations with them, did exactly what you did. Just said, let's just start working on something new because what else can we do? Yeah. Yeah, because we, we never knew, like, you know, that could have been cancelled as well. You know, yeah. no one knew what was going to happen. Um, so you couldn't just, you know, wait around. It was just like, let's just get on with stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very tricky, like pl- trying to plan stuff and, yeah, booking a tour was kind of terrifying not knowing yeah. what was going to happen this is an incredible album i'm really excited for people to hear this sound confident is the word i would use um you've <laughs> tapped into something pretty great here that 
no pressure on you, but I think you're going to have to build on that because it's just such <laughs> new, awesome territory and I can't wait to see what you do with it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm kind of, I am excited. I'm a little scared, um, but I... But I good hope, scared, right? Good scared, yeah. I, I hope that, like, I kind of want it to be a shock to people, but for also <laughs> them to, to feel um, kind of, if you take away the drums and stuff and... Um, all the big sounding things from mm. the songs. There's still like a very heartfelt and mostly sad song underneath. I like, I would, it's funny you said like Sophie Bush, Florence of the Machine vibes, but yeah, it's your sound. Yeah. You've taken your sound and you've kind of merged it with this poppy electro world. And I think it's just, I think it's a, a whole new territory that, again, I'm sorry for you. You've got to tap into it more now because it's fucking great. <laughs> Oh, thanks so much. No, I'm excited to. It's like, yeah, it's nice to have that freedom to to do that because I didn't think that I would be able to make a record like that. You know, definitely mm. if it's a girl would have been like, there's no way I could do that. You've got a month till the album's out. So let's just get the dance lessons going. And by the time you're on the road, you'll be killing it. Yeah, I'll be a pro by then. <laughs> <laughs> Bertie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate thank your time you. again. Congratulations on this album. I cannot wait for, a, for it to be released and for everyone to hear it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. Thank you. This episode is sponsored by Splendor in the Grass. To watch full episodes of the Plug podcast, head over to the official YouTube page at theplug.podcast and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the video content. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at theplug.podcast for all episode announces, teasers and giveaways.